you're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it. We'll start by giving the author some basics, like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great. The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans. It's sham fiction. This week's author is Eric. Wow, guys, it's another episode of Sham Fiction, and I'm writing, so what am I writing? Tell me everything. Golly, oh, wow, gee let us tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It'll never stop. Just, okay, so whatever this is, it's an Owen Wilson picture. I'm nope. guessing Marley and me. Not correct. Oh, gosh, although thematically similar. Oh, no. So, uh, speaking of which, uh, so let me just begin. Before we get into this, before I even say what the property is, spoiler warning right now. Also, this is an explicit episode. So, if you have the kitties in the car when you're listening to this, you better turn it off. Go listen to uh, last week's episode. uh, Whatever that was, because I've already forgotten. And, (laughs) and, because here, guys, we're talking about John fucking Wick. That is the official title of this film. John fucking Wick. Okay, I wrote yes. it down. Good. The name of the man and the film. Not and uh, spoilers spoilers for John Wick. Also spoilers for Marley and me, because in both cases, the dog dies. <laughs> that was an amazing pull. Marley! Marley! Fucking Marley! Man, if, if Marley and me had taken the same turn with Owen Wilson going and just... Murdering all the hitmen who are somehow responsible for Marley's death. Who's to that say that's not going to happen? It's Marley and oh, me God. too. It's Crossover. The when, Crossover. when Owen Wilson, whoever his character's name is in that movie, goes on a just a uh, just a killing spree. It's, it's right in the title, Andrew. His name is me. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's Marley and me. Fucking me. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't sound right. Oh yeah, I'd watch that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Let's talk about John Wick. Uh, let's get enough to go off of. Yeah, let's, uh, right, let's go. <laughs> let's talk about it. So, John Wick <laughs> was written by Derek Kolstad and directed by Chad Stileski and David Leach. I hope I'm pronouncing those names correctly. So, these guys, just to just to inform y'all, the listeners and Eric, these men are stunt men. They have background as stunt coordinators, stunt men themselves for a ton of great action movies. We're talking The Matrix, V for Vendetta, 300, Serenity. Whoa, V for Vendetta, know, 300? I missed the first 298, I guess. <laughs> a, lot, oh, maybe, a lot of V oof. for Vendetta movies. Sorry, my <laughs> jokes are terrible today let's just move along i am forgot it already so just a bit of background these guys like uh he was keanu reeves stunt double in many in many films including the matrix and leech was brad pitt's stunt double in a few films including fight club and oceans 11 
Yeah, so when, when Keanu Reeves says that he knows Kung Fu, he really means that Seleski knows Kung Fu. <laughs> cool. cool. So this movie stars, of course, the man himself, Keanu fucking Reeves, um, as so well good. as Alfie Allen, uh, who you might uh, recognize from Game of Thrones. Uh, he Alfie. plays Theon oh, yeah. Greyjoy. Uh, yeah, in this... There's a song about him. Yeah, in <laughs> his bedroom smoking weed. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, as well as uh, Adrian Palicki. Uh, Michael Nyquist and Willem Dafoe. <gasps> Not Willem DeFriend? Well, we he, haven't got there yet. He's Willem DeFrenemy, maybe, in this one. <laughs> All right, fair. Yeah, a little uh, bit of both. But I do have to point out, Adrian Palicki plays Mockingbird on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and maybe we'll have her own spinoff called Marvel's Most Wanted. So if you're a Marvel fan, watch this movie. Yeah, she's great in it. Uh, so this movie came out in 2014, and it is available for purchase everywhere. Um, it is not available for rental anywhere, at least at the time of this, rec- uh, I should say, recording. Shame. But uh, yeah. the release probably, too. Um, which is a shame. But you can go out and buy it for super cheap. It's like less than $10, Blu-ray. Yeah. So pick it I did up. This, I did this as a blind buy, and I did not regret it whatsoever. And that was when it was more than $10. Because this movie's just fantastic. Oh, oh, fant- oh I'm Marcus. I have I have more than ten dollars to spend on a movie. Wow, I get it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm in a real badass mood, guys. Yeah, that's good because this is action, Eric. This is fucking <laughs> hardcore. This is fucking intense. This is fucking awesome. So. <laughs> How do you really feel? You know, pretty good. Um, so, because you're going to be writing this. So this, that, but that's it. This is intense. Why we chose this? This movie. This isn't just a, a, a personality. You know, a, a, like a non-personality. You know, boring action movie. This is an action film with style, with personality. Yeah. It's got amazing choreography. It's the best. It's just, it's awesome action. It is what you really want when you're seeking out an action movie. Um, it's it, it, it creates, and this is such a surprise of the film, it creates a world. There is world building in this action movie, a world that I have not seen before, this kind of like underworld that it creates. And it was so unexpected, but so welcomed. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was, it, it's doing such interesting things with the action genre. It is so simple. This is a simple movie. It doesn't get in its own way. It just tells a good story. That's the remarkable thing. So not only does it have best-in-class action, the action's consistent, the plotting is good, the characters are well-developed, Keanu's doing a great job acting. So what? this is just pure action movie, pure excellent throughout. And the, the violence means something. It's Whoa. not just uh, like, for instance, The Matrix, just slaughtering people en masse. Although the body count's very high in this flick. So I just want to mention something, because when Marcus said Keanu delivers a great performance, Eric replied with a, uh. <laughs> And I just want to make a comment about this. This movie proves what an excellent, excellent physical actor that man is. Because he did most of his own stunts, even though his stuntman was directing this. Keanu got into shape, and he did most of his own stunts, and... The physicality of this man in this movie is amazing. So this it, this movie it, it proves how what a, what a, what a treasure we have in Keanu Reeves that what we a should gift not. We have in Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It sounds like a hymnal. We don't appreciate him. So 
the only thing that really needs to be spoiled about this movie, because this movie is mostly spoiler-averse, but the setup is kind of spoilery, and we've already kind of spoiled it for you. Um, but Marcus, Marley would you, dies. Yeah. <laughs> would you go into this a little bit for us? All right, I'll, I'll try to do this as awesomely as possible. So John fucking Wick is the greatest fucking hitman who ever lived, okay? He was the baddest of the bad. And then he fell in love. He got out of the game. He quit. He started a family life. But then his wife, the ultimate killer, cancer. She dies. Aww. Tragic, sad John Wick. But before she goes, she buys him a puppy on delivery to come to the house after she's gone so that he doesn't lose the humanity that he's reclaimed. He names the puppy Daisy. He lives his life. He loves two things in his life. He loves his puppy Daisy. He loves his car, his 69 Mustang. And then what happens? He goes out to put some fuel in the 69 Mustang. And Theon Greyjoy, Alfie Allen, the son of a mob boss, his name is Yosef uh, Tarasov. Shows up, says, I want your car, man. I'll buy it from you. John Wick says, no, I'm good, because he's John Wick. He doesn't need anyone to buy his car. And so then, later that night, Theon comes over to the house, breaks in, kills the dog, beats the shit out of John Wick, and takes the car. And you don't do that to John Wick, because if you do that, you're going to get dead. So John Wick, (laughs) the whole movie, is just killing everyone involved in that mob family until he gets vengeance for his dog and he gets his car back. That is the entire plot of the movie, and that is the best movie that has come out in a long time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's that's intense. All right, I'm ready to go. Uh, guys, I'll be back in about five minutes. Uh, this was great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Nope, you shut your mouth. We got another 20 do minutes. We got another 20 minutes to do <laughs> But no, so what I love about this is that at the beginning of this film, John's a guy. We don't know his past. We see him, he's mourning the loss of his wife, and he gets this puppy, and he loves the shit out of that dog. Gives How it could hugs. You not? Like, it's it's this dog, it's like a little beagle, little oh, beagle puppy. It's adorable. Like, it's the cutest thing in the world. And yeah, John loves that little dog. So, when this dog is killed and his car is stolen, we still don't know who this man is. And then, all of a sudden, Theon Greyjoy goes up to Dad, who's this mob boss named Vigo, and V, who's played by Nike, Michael Nyquist, and says, yeah, I did this. I did this. I stole his car. I killed his dog. What of it? And Dad's like, you fucking idiot. You <laughs> have unleashed the boogeyman. You know, like, yep. and, and what is it specifically called, Marcus? Because they're Russian, so he calls it... Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Yes. Baba Yaga. Because Baba John, Yaga. Baba John, Yaga. And he doesn't have any wool, so don't even ask. Okay. So what you said, what he says specifically, and I have this brought up. Well, John wasn't exactly the boogeyman. He was the one you sent to kill the fucking boogeyman. <laughs> yep, Natch. And when that line is dropped, it's like, oh shit, this guy is the greatest fucking hitman to ever live, and he lives up. To the reputation as he tears through the criminal underworld to right what was wronged. Yeah. Yeah, so so far you got you got John fucking Wick, you got Vigo Tarasov, the mob boss, you got Yosef Tarasov, Theon Greyjoy, his son. Then you've got uh that's that's pretty much it that you need for the movie, but he does run into a few other people. So he goes to a hotel that is a hitman hotel called the Continental. 
And Andrew, why don't you talk a little bit about the characters we run into there? Yeah, so the Continental in this world of Hitman is really what makes this movie special, in my opinion. Because, um, again, it builds this world uh, through this hotel. The Continental, the hotel, is a neutral zone for Hitmen. They go there, they have a drink, they might get their assignments there from the the owner of the hotel, the, the, the concierge or the owner or a mob guy that's there. But it is a safe zone, and there is a code that they all follow the the hitman in this movie they're very respectful to one another they they you know just kind of come in and they have casual conversation because this is their one safe place but when they're out in the world on the job it's everyone for themselves and if your jobs cross paths and you're trying to kill one guy that the other guy's trying to protect nah out there you can get your ass killed but in here it's all good that's the jungle out there bro Oh, this, yeah. This, this is whatever the opposite of the jungle is. <laughs> exactly. So, in the Continental, you got a few characters. One I've already mentioned, the concierge. His name is Charon. Uh, Charon is played by Lance Reddick in the film, which you might recognize as, uh, or from Fringe. He usually, he's, he's a very uh, tall uh, man. He's got a lot of presence, um... He 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 he's always shows up as kind of a character actor in films, and he's, and he's especially got one of the best voices around. Yeah, so look up a clip of Lance, Lance Reddick talking. Uh, he's the Lance, man. What's his name? Lance Reddick. Reddick. Yeah, yeah like, like the Chronicles of Reddick. You mean? You mean? <laughs> okay, not Riddick. Reddick. Yeah, with an E. Yep. All right. Uh, and there's also uh, so Sharon. Yeah, he's the concierge. If if the hitman needs something at the hotel during their stay, they go to him. Uh, next is Winston, who's the owner of the hotel. The hotel. Uh, it's played by Ian McShane, who okay. uh, fans of the HBO show Deadwood might recognize. He also played Blackbeard in Pirates of the Caribbean 4, for those of you who've tried to forget. Sorry for the <laughs> reminder. Um, <laughs> and then there's just a bunch of hitmen. And one of the fun things that you can do in this piece... Um, it's just kind of create your own because they all kind of have signatures. They all dress differently. They all have kind of dif- different temperaments and dispositions. Uh, but Marcus, uh, how about you talk about a couple that kind of factor heavily into this story? Yeah, so you've got Marcus, who is uh, Willem Dafoe, correct? Yep. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. So Willem Dafoe is kind of uh, John Wick's friend. He helps him out at times, um, was there for him at Helen's funeral. So there's some relationship there. And then you've got Miss Perkins, who is the Adrian Palicki character. And their relationship's not as clear. Uh, They run into each other at the hotel. We don't really know what her bag is. Do you have anything to say about her, Andrew? Yeah, she, um, she's kind of a shadowy figure. She kind of, you, you realize that she's not willing to play by the rules. That's her thing, is that in this, in the Continental, where everybody kind of has this, you know, respect for one another and the peace there, she seems unwilling to play by that rule. Is it, uh, is it kind of a boys club? Is that what's going on? Not even that. Yeah, I think there no. probably are more boys, but they don't bring gender into it at all. Okay, great. Which Perfect. is another thing I appreciate. They're not like, oh, it's just a girl, which <laughs> is so lazy. <laughs> No, that's right. never mentioned. And then um, just another kind of character, because, again, it's this world, and there's all these people that John kind of goes to for help. Uh, there's uh, Aurelio, who's played by John Leguizamo, 
and he is the mechanic that John takes his prized Mustang to when he needs a tune-up. And uh, Leguizamo is the one that tips John off, I believe, that Yosef was the one that stole the car. Um, But yeah, he's just a helpful hand if John needs it. Sure. So we'll talk about a couple of the things that you can write about in terms of action-y beats that you can think about. But there is a very specific scene that we want you to write. So this is going to be a little bit more guided than some of our other shams. Specific assignment. I'm down. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're writing about a hitman. we got to give you an assignment, right? That makes sense. So let's talk, Andrew, about gun punching. Yes. Because that is a key <laughs> yes. move here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, tell me Andrew, more. what is gun punching? Gun punching? <laughs> Need we say more? I got it. I figured it out. Punching with guns? Yes. You punch just, and fire just, at the same time. Yep, moving your arm and shooting as you're as you're punching. The punching motion with a gunshot at the end of it. Probably contact a with extra the body. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Need this go slightly faster. Boom. So John Wick is doesn't play by the normal rules of an action hero. He is a fucking professional. So when John wants to kill you. He'll kill you. John has, he, he's not like dwelling on the moment. He's not like, there's no hesitation in his actions. He yep. knows who he wants to kill and he's going to fucking kill them. And so, as a professional, he doesn't just go for the shoulder or the leg unless he wants some information out of you. Perhaps he will. But if he just wants to fucking kill you, he's going to shoot you in the motherfucking head or in the heart. <laughs> And he will kill you. And if he didn't yeah. quite hit those sections, if he missed a little bit and you're still like squiggling on the ground, he is going to finish you off by shooting you in the head. Like, <laughs> he doesn't leave people alive if he doesn't want to leave them alive. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's a huge difference from other action films. In most action films, to humanize the character, they kind of have them deciding and struggling with whether they're going to kill someone as they're going along. John knows that he's going to kill you before he does it. So he's not making that decision as he's going through. He's just executing the decision that he already made. (laughs) And he doesn't let anyone start talking to him. It's just dead. You know, his goal is not to find the mob bosses and have them say, oh, I'm really sorry about the dog. His goal is to kill them. (laughs) End of story, right? Okay. And it is incredibly violent, and that can be disturbing. Uh, but they also do a very good point of putting that he is accurate enough that he's not causing collateral damage, and mm-hmm. he is only going off of uh, mob murderers. And they also don't fully redeem John. You know, Wick is not this character who you're going to love, uh, even though we like that he liked the puppy. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Yeah. That humanizes yeah. you enough. I really liked that dog. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. That's pretty much it. No, and I think that's one of the really wise decisions in making, like, front-loading the movie with those sympathetic elements, you know, that his wife died not of, like, you know, of cancer, like a natural cause, and then this dog, this sweet little animal dies from very unnatural causes. Um, It really gets us on John's side really early on before he just goes nuts. Question, how does he kill the dog? He hits oh. him with a baseball bat, doesn't he? Oh. I mean, it's, it's, or does he shoot uh, him? 
I, I I've blocked it from my memory. Yeah, I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. Oh, all right. It's too. It's too He's grotesque to, to 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 tell. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. All right. So uh, uh, yeah. So my assignment. Okay. We, what is we my can assignment? Get to assignment? Was there anything else you wanted to add before that, Andrew? Yeah, just kind of some like dressing of like how it works. So John is always outnumbered. He, there's like Marcus said earlier, incredibly high body count. There's always a ton of guys that he has to mow down in order to get what he wants. Um, if you bring other hitmen into it, like you remember, there's a code of honor. Even when they're outside the hotel, you know, there's there's still some respect for what they do. But again, if you're in their way, you're gonna be mowed down. Uh, but in the ho- in the hotel, code of honor, very cordial. And everybody, if you're a hitman, you're looking good. You look <laughs> fly. Everybody and they're is- charming. Yeah, yeah, there's charm, and they are v- well-spoken, you know, and everyone is very well-dressed. Yeah. All so, right, yeah. so I can give you the assignment now, Eric. Yay. Um, so you're going to be writing the John Wick prequel, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when when uh, Vigo Tarasov is giving his son, Theon, the explanation of who John Wick is, yeah. he reveals that John used to work for him, Okay. Then John fell in love with Helen and wanted to get out of the game. But you can't just get out of the game. So Wick comes up to Vigo and he says, hey, what do I have to do? And Vigo says, he gives him what they call, quote, an impossible task. Okay? Okay. And the task is to eliminate all of the mob rivals in one night by himself. And John just says, okay. And he goes out and he does it. What? And he comes back, then he gets out of the game. So... That wow. is John Wick. That is this terrifying, terrifying so, man. So he, this is, uh, we're talking about uh, Vigo. Vigo Tarasov, he's, he used to be Wick's boss. Wick, yeah. to get out of the game, had to do this impossible task. And yes. that was to kill all of the rivals, Godfather right. style, in one, yeah. one go. Yep. Wow. And he and yeah. he did it apparently, and we don't yeah, see this in the movie. Yep, yep. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, I got to write this down. Yeah. Uh, so I want to see as much of that as possible, and keep in mind the emotional tie to Helen throughout all of this. You okay. know, so Helen's got to be a part of the story, even if it's just a phone call or him thinking about her. Um, okay. I don't want to just see John killing all the hitmen or killing all the mobsters. I want to see that reason for it. Wow. Okay. Knight, tie it back to Helen. Yeah. Gotcha. This is pre-puppy though, because the puppy pre-puppy, showed up after yeah, she sadly. died. Great. Yeah, and this would be before she has cancer too. So this is just pre-cancer. them starting their. Yeah, they just want to get married. Gotcha. Makes sense. All right. Um, wow. Anything else? Uh, we got bonus, bonus points. points. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, lay it on me. Sure. I'll go first. Um, my bonus points, uh, which I think you'll be able to do, they're going to be pretty easy, but uh, I want a body count of over 10. And I don't just mean like you refer to John saying, oh, yeah, I killed 10 guys, or he had already killed 10 men that, that night. Mm-hmm. I want to see those 10 deaths. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna see you act him actively do that. You got Kill it, 10 chief. guys. Yeah, 
And I want to see ruthless efficiency is what I want to see. So when he's working, I don't want it to be, oh, I'm enjoying shooting these guys. I don't want him to get sucked into any games. I want him to just be mechanical taking them out. Fair. I can do that. Wow, this is exciting. Okay, I'm so, excited to so, see this. Uh, let me lay. Let me just recap this really quick. Yes. Um, let you know what I got. Um, this is John fucking Wick. Uh, it's it's an intense action flick uh, about about John fucking Wick, who is a ruthless killer, the best hitman of all time, uh, a man who fell in love and got out of the game, but then his wife Helen got some cancer and, and died of that cancer. And so we got a puppy uh, that Helen, I guess, sent to him beyond the grave. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) And then this guy, Yosef, uh, kills the dog and steals his car. And that doesn't stand because he's John fucking Wick. So he kills everybody. Uh, He is the Baba Yaga. Yes. Yep. Uh, so he hangs out, I guess, at the Continental, which is a hitman hotel, which is a neutral zone for hitmen. Uh, there's a code. They're all respectful to one another. They all dress snazzy. They're all charming yeah. as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, I there's nothing really to say there. He's got some friends. Whatever. He uh, John Wick. Uh, he is a fan of gun punching. Yep. <laughs> Likes to punch people while whilst simultaneously shooting them with the gun that he is punching them with. Nailed it. Um, and when John Wick decides to kill you, he shoots you in the fucking head. No, no messing around. And he's already decided to kill you. There's no moment of decision. He just kills you. He's ruthlessly efficient, which is Marcus's bonus point. Um, my assignment is a prequel about how he got out of the game. And there's going to be a yep. body count of more than ten. And that's all I got. That's uh, that's a page of notes. You awesome. got it. This this sounds like. This is the best assignment I've gotten in a very long time. Thank you so much for this. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm I can't gonna, wait to hear your Keanu Reeve. I'm going to enjoy reading it. There's going to be a lot of whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Also, I'm going to yeah, take off. Double bonus yeah. points if you, if you just write the Marley and me John Wick crossover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see if I can fit it in. All right. Post credit right. scene. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, All right. I'll, I'll see you in a little bit. See you in a bit. Cool. Hey, folks, while Eric is off writing, we'd like to make a quick request. If you enjoy the podcast, please support us by subscribing and get a new episode for free every Sunday. While you're at it, you might consider rating us as well. We like positive reviews, so if you have something nice to say, please say it. If you don't like the show, well, pretend you're writing a sham fiction of a positive review and get yourself a little writing exercise out of it. Sounds like fun. All right, thanks for listening, and let's get back to the show. All right, so while Eric is off writing John fucking Wick, we got some predictions to make here. Mr. Man. That's me. What do you think? That is you. What do you think is going to happen here? Well, I've got one word for you, Andrew. What is it? Whoa. <laughs> I think, I think so, it's a Keanu Reeves movie. Eric's a fan of The Matrix, or you know maybe he was at one point. I know he's seen them. And I think he's seen other Keanu Reeves movies. And I'm expecting John fucking Wick to say whoa at some point in this little piece. 
Just give a Keanu whoa. Okay. Keanu whoa. That's good. That's exactly I, what I'm going for. That is highly likely. Uh, after he gave you, oh, wow, for oh, wow. Owen Wilson. <laughs> oh, that was really good. That's why he gave it to you, because you're good at it. Um, so that's good. I think we're going to get that. I think you're going to be very very happy with that one. Uh, so my secret bonus point is that uh, is also playing off the Keanu thing, and I think Eric is going to add some references to other Keanu Reeves films. Phone booth in time this. machine. <laughs> <laughs> what phone booth time machine? Yeah, what are you Bill talking Ted's about? Excellent adventure. The oh, excellent du- I, wow! I had a brain fart right there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Just, yeah, that, or, you know, like, in, you know, we talk about gun punching. If he just, like, puts bullet time in there, you know, oh, like, yeah. it's, like, some Neo action in there. Just, you know, you know, jo- turns John Wick into a conglomeration of all of Keanu Reeves' past characters. He fires his gun in the air while yelling <laughs> R at one point. <laughs> I will say, so if he, if he goes one step further, if he has the band from Bill and Ted, the Wild Stallions... In this story, uh, he gets full marks for this story and for his next story. <laughs> you better write that down. <laughs> I'm signing my name to it. If he has oh. the Wild Stallions, <laughs> full points for this story and his next story. All right. Well, I think we got this covered, so hopefully he does too. And let's let's hear what he has uh, has to say here. Let's bring it back. Gentlemen, you gave me an impossible task, and now I have returned, um, though you will be the judge whether or not I have completed said task. You will only be able to live happily if you complete this task. I got... Yeah, no marrying Keanu Reeves' wife if you didn't complete the task. That's the very specific takeaway. Okay. <laughs> Not very good at analogies or <laughs> metaphors. Uh, so this is John fucking Wick. Yes. Um, I got I got nothing else to say. I just I want to read this thing. I want you to hear this thing. Are you ready? Ready. Yes. Fantastic. Ruthless efficiency. John Go. fucking Wick, by Eric Carlson. Let's do this. Helen. I'm sorry I didn't say goodbye this morning, but I left early. You looked like you were having a good dream, and I didn't want to ruin it. No reason for you to wake up, just to start worrying about me, right? John Wick held onto the overhang of the roof and kicked hard at the window, which shattered inward as he dropped inside. The overweight man in the bed beside the window, who had been asleep a moment before, began screaming and scrambling to get to his feet and away from his killer. There was no time. John placed a bullet in the side of Lucchese's head, and his body slumped back into the pillows, a blossoming pool of blood staining the white sheets crimson. Men were now shouting from the grounds below, but the hallway outside Lucchese's bedroom was clear. He opened the door and stole down the hall. He met the thugs at the grand stairway that led down to the foyer and took the first one out before he could raise his gun. The other two began firing erratically, as thugs with full autos always did. John waited them out around the corner, then brought the chandelier down on the heads, on their heads, with a single precise shot. He walked down the stairs, 
and silenced the screaming men with two more bullets. He took his time. John opened the front door to find another man reaching his hand out to grab the door's handle. The man was surprised. John was not. He thrust his pistol through the widening crack in the doorway and punched the man in the head as he fired. John <laughs> stepped over the man's body and closed the door behind him. He walked to the front gate of the estate, killed the guard stationed there, let himself out, and hopped into the stang. He reloaded the pistol and drove off into the night. Tonight is a big night for me, Helen. A big night for us. By this time tomorrow, I'll be free and will be safe. I don't know if retirement will suit me or not, but I do know we'll make it work. Together. You have a way of making the best of any situation, and if I stick by you, that optimism might just wear off a little. But tonight is dark. Atherton had been expecting him. John went through the front door of his office and allowed himself to be searched. They removed his guns and knife, set them on a table by the door, and let him through. He was brought directly to Atherton himself, who had always preferred to work in the middle of the night, like a proper villain, as he often said. <laughs> Atherton had already gotten wind of Lucchese's death and thanked John for eliminating one of his biggest rivals. A large briefcase was then placed on the table by an assistant, which Atherton opened and turned so that John could see the heaping stack of cash inside. A thank you present, he explained, with a grin on his face. John smiled back, closed the briefcase, picked it up as if he were about to leave with it, then brought it down as hard as he could on the assistant's head. Atherton jumped out of his chair and reached for the pistol in his jacket, but John was already over the desk and descending on the mob boss. He relieved him of his firearm, fired it through Atherton's eye, socket, then killed the assistant as she attempted to draw her own gun. John left the briefcase lying on the floor and exited the office. He has given me an impossible task. He's opened the door just wide enough for me to see through to the other side, yet he's also opened an endless chasm at my feet. In the most sensible parts of my mind, I know there is no crossing the span, but I can't allow those thoughts to control me. I must keep my head up and my eyes on that open door. Claxons were blaring. John took out two guards as soon as he opened the door, collected their Beretta 92s, then called for the elevator. When the lift arrived and the chrome doors slid open, there were several heavily armed guards inside. Of course, this didn't concern John Wick, as he had already taken the stairs. At the fifth floor, he took out three men, then discarded Atherton's spent pistol. At the third floor, two more men dropped dead thanks to the pair of Berettas he now wielded. At the first floor, he killed a thug as he stepped into the stairwell, then used the man's body as a shield as he broached the lobby. Ten semi-autos opened fire simultaneously, which soon became nine, which soon became eight, which soon became seven. <laughs> The corpse he was holding disintegrated in his hands, so he took cover behind the reception desk. The gunfire ceased, and the remaining men approached cautiously. They were caught by surprise as John used his legs to thrust the desk out across the slick marble floor, which collided with four of them and sent them to the ground. John took out the three men who had remained upright, picked up one of their semi-autos, and sprayed it into the fallen men to keep them from regaining their feet. 
another four bullets found their way into the skulls of the fallen men before John collected his weapons to the door, at the door. Two down. Do you know what I see through that doorway, Helen? You. You and me in our wonderful future together. Nassar had apparently gotten wind of Atherton and Lucchese's assassinations and decided to skip town which John Wick learned from Charon at the Continental. A parade of black SUVs had been spotted tearing into the Lincoln Tunnel on their way to a private airfield in Hackensack, so John moved to intercept. The convoy found John Wick outside Jersey City, his 69 Mustang parked on the side of the road just past the nearly deserted Turnpike Toll Station. The black SUVs would have driven right past him with no notice of if John hadn't completely destroyed the lead vehicle with a heavy chain that he had winched between two light posts that stood on opposite sides of the road. When the SUV struck the chain, the posts came down in a screeching shower of twisted metal and sparks, forcing the remaining vehicles to come to a quick stop. The drivers and thugs, who dared step out of their vehicles to investigate the scene, each received a single bullet in the back of their heads. Six bullets total. Panic ensued, and a single SUV tore its way out of the pileup and began careening the wrong way back towards the toll booths. John Wick made chase. After tonight, though I face immeasurable dangers, we will leave my past with all its pain and hurt behind. That life, along with many others, will cease to be. Stones dropped into the abyss. I just hope I am still the man you fell in love with after I am through. John used a heavy caliber handgun to take out the tires of the SUV he pursued into oncoming traffic on the New Jersey Turnpike. When the vehicle finally spun out into the ditch, John parked the Stang, reloaded the massive pistol, and stepped out of the car. Three thugs were ready for him. They began firing wildly, shots ricocheting unnervingly close to the Stang. John's first shot from the hand cannon took a thug's head clean off. His second shot took out the driver, who had rolled down his window to fire back. John ducked behind the SUV, taking advantage of the vehicle's bulletproof glass that was supposed to be keeping Nassar safe inside. Several of the remaining two thugs' shots went wild over John's head as he crouched to the ground and removed their feet for them. The screams only lasted for a few seconds before John cut them short. Nassar cowered on the floor inside the SUV. John casually walked to the front of the vehicle, reached into the driver's open window, and unlocked the doors. Without so much as a fight, John opened the rear door and finished the job. He took a deep breath and looked towards the gathering light of dawn on the horizon. Police sirens screamed in the distance, but for a moment, John Wick felt peace. I have been given an impossible task, Helen. But tonight, I will look up, I will see you through that open door, and I will know that it can be done. Love, John fucking Wick. (laughs) The end. (laughs) There it is. Well done. Well done. (laughs) The look for those of you who aren't Andrew and I and are thus listening to this instead of being here that Eric gave us when he said John fucking Wick there at the end. (laughs) 
was priceless. <laughs> Put a button on it for sure. Yeah. It was it was a uh, defiant and proud all at once. <laughs> As was intended. Alright. Um, well that was indeed John fucking Wick. Um so I was keeping a tally oh, as did you? you were as you were doing it. I, I don't hoping, know. Did you keep you a tally? I tried. Did you, yeah, did yeah. you? Okay, but Eric, did you keep an exact count no, as you were no, writing? I never, I never you counted. Killed? No, I just okay, knew it was so, over ten. All right, so I got. Uh, well, how much did I? I got thirty-eight. <laughs> that sounds about Marcus, right. Marcus, how many did you get? Yeah, I had thirty-nine. Nice. Okay. <laughs> it was, there was some some guesswork when it was a couple thugs per car. You know, could have gone higher, could have sure. gone lower. I, I yeah, tried to make like, sure I had a precise number in there somewhere. Like when the thugs got out of the car, I mentioned they each received one bullet for six bullets total. So right. we can assume six deaths, that sort of thing. But yeah, uh, wherever that was possible, I counted. But <laughs> you know, listeners, make your own tally. <laughs> There you go. Yay! Let us know what you think. Tweet us. Hope you were playing the um, home game. Hashtag John fucking Wick killed. Excellent. Uh, that's a really long hashtag. Specific. Let's I'm go with it. the internet. <laughs> All right. So this this was fun. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, so good work. Uh, Thank I you. I think the the both my bonus points are obviously met as we have already covered, but also Marcus's with ruthless efficiency. Oh yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this man was efficient. Uh, <laughs> and very cool all the way through. Um, the thing that I, I want to point out first that I really enjoyed was your structure of it. Um, so choosing to, you know, jump in time and give us these three separate intervals for that night. Yes, it was all in the one night, but it wasn't just one scene. And that was fun because I'm trying to think right now and maybe you could just answer it for me. Have you done any jumping around up until this point other than our uh screenplays or have you kept it to scenes? I don't I don't know if you have done anything uh, that's you know, jumped around in time. My memory isn't good enough to tell me. I want to say I've maybe only done a minor jump, maybe one sort of ellipsis in time in a story, but uh nothing nothing major. Yeah, and this felt very natural. Um, breaking it up with the letter to Helen, which I really liked. I Absolutely. loved that device to feed us through this. Um, at the beginning, when it's, you started with that, I wanted to hear more. So when it popped up again, I was very pleased. And I continued to be pleased whenever it popped up. So um, really liked the structure there and the use of that device. So... Marcus, I'll hand it over to you. Yeah. Your initial thoughts? Y- you had a spot-on Keanu Reeves impression, too, when you were <laughs> delivering John Wick's lines in the letter. Yes. I I really enjoyed this piece. Uh, I think you hit the tone right on. Uh, you, you missed the secret bonus points, but that's okay because you were, you were right on with tone. <laughs> what, were the, uh, um, what were the secret bonus points? So <laughs> we thought you were just going to have a little more fun with it being Keanu. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought you were going to put a whoa in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I can see why you'd think that. I, I, I thought about it. Andrew thought that you are going to include more from other Keanu Reeves movies. <laughs> and then I came up with the super platinum secret bonus point, which would have been if you had included somehow Bill and Ted's band, The Wild Stallions. <laughs> you would have gotten full points for this story and your next story. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's too bad. If only I had known. <laughs> Could have really phoned in the next one. Just be excellent to each other. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. So I, I did. I totally enjoyed this. What was interesting, though, was the perspective in the film were very detached from John. And we read a lot into his expressions and try to get an idea of how he's thinking. Yeah. And here we got some of his emotion through the letter, but I felt like he was completely blank during the actual action. Yeah. Which goes along with the notion that we established that he's not making the decision to kill someone in the moment. He's already made that decision. He's just executing the task. But it did leave me thinking that I would have liked to see a little bit more of that tension when he's going through and completing this impossible task. Because it really everything just kind of worked out for him uh, yeah. as he's going through, which makes sense. But I, it would have been fun to get some insight that ups the stakes as we're going on. And one of the things the film does is John gets injured as it's going. Mm. So that's that's a way that it's possible to increase the stakes. Gotcha. Um, just making it physically harder for him, even if emotionally it's at the same level. Yeah, and that was uh, that was an interesting uh, interesting problem I was facing too, because you basically gave me the superhero who yeah. was just the perfect killing machine, and clearly he's alive when the film happens, so he can't die in the prequel. Uh, right. So I uh, it just it. I, I see what you're saying. I know exactly what you mean. I think you're right that m- increasing the, the stakes or not even increasing the stakes, just increasing the obstacles uh, mm-hmm. would make for better drama, better tension. Um, but I found it very difficult to include that sort of thing um, in this version. Well, I thought that you did the beginnings of that. So, and he had excellent names for all of these mob people, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the right, guy right. after the first one. The first one was Atherton, right? Uh, second oh, one was the second. second one was Atherton. First one oh, was Lucchese. Yeah. yeah, so uh, when, when he goes to Atherton, he's already on alert. So I thought that that could have been where you would have expanded on this. Mm-hmm. That as word goes around that John's on this killing spree, then the guards would have taken more and more precautions. Sure. Yeah, like I did like how, especially with the last one, you switched the situation up yeah. a great deal by making it a car chase. Um, but I agree with Marcus that I wanted each leg, after we had that first one, I really wanted the situation to switch up for those previous, those next two. Mm-hmm. And the second one didn't quite have that. Um, that one seemed too easy. Um, I mean, there is, again, it's John fucking Wick, so he makes it look easy. <laughs> but it didn't quite. It didn't quite shake it up enough. But the third one was good. I like that he got into the staying. All right, all right. Appreciate it. So, that's, yeah, that's so how, how did this go? How, how was this for you? So my uh, my approach to this was um, I tried to think about what the short film uh, prequel to John Wick would look like. Oh, sure. And, oh. um, and that's that's where the, the letter to Helen came from. I was thinking, like, oh, this would be like a, a little three-minute film where... Uh, we're hearing this voiceover of John reading this letter and throughout the voiceover we are seeing just this like montage of him killing dudes and and fighting his way out of you know maximum security mob boss hideout whatever Um, being cool doing the whole trailer thing just just you know the highlights clip show of John Wick Um, 
and I considered actually doing a um, a screenplay uh, hmm. for this assignment, which is oh. we, we we did the 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 screenplays for our uh, for our shamcoms, our uh, um, uh, sitcom specials. And uh, we haven't done any other points. So I thought, oh, that'd be fun to switch it up. But I don't think uh, screenplays are as much fun to read aloud as uh, prose. So I try to sort of format that same idea into prose. Yeah. And then I also made the decision not to write any dialogue, that I just do complete prose, not a single word spoken, um, and just to see what I could do with that and to see if that felt lacking at all so i guess that's that's a question i have for you guys um did you feel the lack of dialogue other than not hearing the whoa uh yeah no not not really i I think that because we were in wick's perspective he wouldn't have cared if the thugs were screaming right Mm -hmm. unless it changes the situation and the tactics that he's going to be using so no he's not going to be talking with them he's ruthlessly efficient and that totally fit with me. I think it would have been weird if we would have gotten commentary on what they were saying. And e- even if they did say something, I would have expected it to be uh, one of the things where you describe that they've said something instead of giving the actual dialogue. Mm-hmm. So the man started pleading for his life instead of saying, please, please let me live. You just, sure. You know, tell instead of show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it went, worked very well for me. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, I didn't notice it either. And you describing your um, your idea, your central idea, as this short film, this almost like prequel, uh, that's a lot of fun, and I can see that. And it felt like that. So I think you really succeeded in that. Um, it was very visual all the way through. Um, it felt like what you set out to do. So kudos. All right. That's awesome. Makes me feel good. <laughs> Thanks. It would, would have been an excellent DVD special feature. <laughs> That's yeah, the, like, the an thing, animated, yeah. Hey, oh, like an animated, like an animated. Yeah. Uh, There's still time. Prequel or something There's like still that. Time. I mean, that'd be good. We could have a special edition uh, John Wick box set coming out oh, in the near gosh, future, yeah. and maybe uh, whoever it is who directed this, because I forget, will listen to this and say that's a great idea, but then do it like ten times better because obviously, <laughs> yeah. That's it was. Gosh, it was uh, just a. Well done piece. Um, so I guess for giving the score and giving my kind of final thoughts here, mm-hmm. I would say I liked the letter. Uh, one of the things that struck me with that, though, is that it did seem to be a letter that was responding very directly to the action instead of it being a farewell letter that she would receive if he did die. Right? Or Right. You know, you know, so something where I feel like you had moments where you were serving the dual purpose, but it wasn't consistently as dual purpose as I would have liked to see. But I really okay. love that technique. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, um, well, I, what was, what was I going to say? Man, I just blanked. I, <laughs> that was something very similar. Um. I don't know. Again, it's it's John Wick, so I kind of liked how the letter was, when I get home, this is what we'll do. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like, if he's leaving a letter, then of course it's like leaving the letter as a possibility that he might die. But I also like that he didn't use it for that. And I don't know if that was a con- conscious decision on your part, Eric, but... 
I did like that. Yeah, and that was that, that was an interesting choice. That's uh, that that is what I was trying to do. It's like I wanted to include the cryptic sort of possibility that he might not come back without saying goodbye forever. Um, more writing that I'm going to think about you today or tonight while while I'm I'm off on my impossible task. Um, and think about the future without even ha- without even considering the possibility that I might die. It's kind of just a sort of bittersweet farewell. Um, and yeah, I, I wrote the um, the whole letter uh, ahead of time. That was the first thing I wrote. Oh, um, oh just the letter good. in in its entirety. And then I went back and I filled in the action between it. So I tried, I was actually kind of reverse, I think what you, what it sounds like you were thinking, where the letter was serving the story, and I wrote it the other way around, where I tried to make the action sort of tie into what he was talking about, in at least a few spots, um, to make it feel more uh, deliberate. Um, I don't know (laughs) if I completely uh, succeeded in that, but it was fun. Fun to do. That's cool, I like that, that, that. That was the structure there, the the approach that you took for that. That's interesting. I would not have guessed that. Well, That's cool. Though. All right. Um. So, uh, yeah, give me a score. What do you think? Wow. Uh. So, I got to give you the only score, which John Wick can possibly achieve, which is the one to one. Uh. You hit the mark. <laughs> There's no more, no less. Not giving you any accolades, not giving you any failure. All right. You did what you set out to do. One bullet, one skull, one One task. One skull. That's what you got. All right. Great. That's amazing. Thank you. That's that's beautiful. (laughs) I really appreciate that. Andrew? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, I'm not going to be quite as generous, um, but I think think you'll still enjoy this metric. (laughs) Um, So... uh, I'm going to give you uh, 7 out of 10 puppies out of the litter. Uh, Um, Oh, oh God. The other three are going to other homes, but the other seven, they're coming to you. I'm dropping them off at your doorstep. They're my gift to you. I went much darker way with my interpretation of your metric. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm just shooting them with with, with ruthless efficiency, just three down. Oh, no. No. I wish that would have been the post-credits coda, you know, where they're setting up the John Wick universe. Yeah. At the end of the first movie, he gets a basket with seven other puppies. <laughs> it's just... We know we're in it for the long haul. <laughs> Another seven movies down the pipe. Yep. Uh, oh, no that Sam was my Jackson. seventh favorite dog. <laughs> uh, I do want to bring up a couple of other things oh, yeah. uh, before we get we we uh, finish this off mm-hmm. that I took notes about just just details. We didn't really get into too many like specific details that I really liked. Um, this was our second uh, trip to Jersey City, oh, yeah. um, That's true. which I appreciated. That's true. I miss um, Miss this time. Yeah, she might have popped up. Maybe she was nearby watching, terrified. <laughs> um, also, the mention of Hackensack, yeah. which wasn't that the name of the uh, witch in your graveyard book story? Uh, wasn't it just so name? happens to be the name of the witch, but it's also a town in New Jersey, very near New York, so there you go. Hey, and it, look at that. it happens to have a small airport, so it kind of worked out. I love it. 
Um, and I think my favorite bit of uh, descriptive uh, language in this piece was disintegrating corpse. Um, <laughs> John using a corpse to shield himself, and it just slowly and you know falling apart from all the bullet fire. <laughs> like that painted quite a picture, a very grotesque picture that I enjoyed immensely. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, and the only line, the only time you said like unnerving was when bullets got close to the stang, <laughs> yeah, and, I really really, and I appreciated that. <laughs> oh, see, that so, makes me happy that picking up on the stupid details like that, I'm, I'm so uh, pleased. <laughs> I dug it. I had to call that out. So, Marcus, where can we find John Wick if we want to watch it? You know, if you want to watch John Wick, which why would you not want to watch John Wick? You can pick it up anywhere that you can buy things. I think uh, hardware store, hardware store. You know that's the thing. Um, you know, that is actually a thing. You mostly, can like bit mostly weird I think DVDs it would just be places. Stores. Can you? I mean, I go to yeah. hardware stores all the time. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So you know <laughs> when I'm not when I'm not at the big game. <laughs> yeah. Drink, drinking brewskis with the guys. Drinking brewskis totally, with the brewskis. I'm totally yeah, buying this, guys. I'm buying this. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, buy buy it <laughs> at your heart, local you, hardware store. <laughs> you can buy it, or, or I guess you can rent it on video on demand. But this one's not available for free streaming anywhere as of this recording. Uh, but it's worth it. I bought this as a blind buy. Mentioned that earlier, and very very enjoyable. I agree. Check it. Out. Beautiful. All right. So, All right. I think that's that, right? Get it. We good? Let's get out of here. Let's go. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna go get some get a beer, some, uh, some saws and some <laughs> some tape tape measures, bunch of nails, and a copy of a manly movie that's sitting on the rack for five ninety nine before you check out. Uh, yeah, as long as Steven Seagal's in it, I'm happy. Oh man, <laughs> Under Siege too. Let's do it. Great. <laughs> Coming up next week. No <laughs> kidding. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been Sham Fiction. We will check you later. Bye bye. Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at ShamFiction, and please, don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. ShamFiction. Write what you don't know. Hey, Sham Nation! Next week, Andrew will be rocking an apron and a sweet stash as he takes on our first animated comedy. So tune in to hear the savory sounds of shamburgers being flipped by a man who's just trying to hold his restaurant and his family together. Until then, I'm going to be visiting some diners. For research. Delicious, delicious research.